Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, May 23rd, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page five, the fourth paragraph, beginning with I woke up and reading through one paragraph, ending with and so I did. Today's readers are Esther F. in the 12 Steps, Barb W. in the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Rachel P. in the text, Katie G. on page 164, and Loretta H. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Rebecca A., and our second hour moderator is Betsy H. The share ID for Sunday, May 22, 2022, is 18,983. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. A division for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass. Thank you, Esther. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Barb W. recovered in Illinois. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 
five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Those problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, away as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for your service. Thank you, Barb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. The share press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page five, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, I woke up and reading through one paragraph, only ending with, and so I did. I will now ask Rachel P. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Rachel P., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly in Pennsylvania. I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business, and so I did. So when I read this paragraph, and I think about all the promises that I made to myself and all the promises that I made to others that I wasn't going to binge again. Um, and I really meant business. I really did. You know, I think about that cycle um, of, you know, craving and, you know, obtaining the food and eating the food and that, you know, momentary relief and then that, you know, wave of guilt and shame and then the negotiations and promises, I'm never going to do this again. Um, and then, you know, for me, the, the restriction, the compensatory measures, you know, over exercise, calorie counting, restricting, in my case, um, and then inevitably the craving coming back around. And, you know, I, I, I recall that pattern and those behaviors, you know, that I lived for a couple decades of my life. 
and um, I really meant it. Every time I promised myself I wasn't going to do this again, in that moment, I really, really meant it with all of my being. Um, but because I'm a real compulsive overeater, it would always come back around. And so, um, you know, I just want to say if you're, if you're new and, and, and or if you're, you know, if you've been coming for years and you're in the food and you're in this cycle, um, you are in the right place. Uh, because there are recovered people on this line, myself included, who no longer live that reality, uh, thanks to this work, thanks to the, these steps. And, um, you know, for, for me, it's only been about four years since, just over four years in recovery, um, you know, no, no binging. And that's a miracle that I don't have to live that reality anymore because I thought that this was... I really thought that this was a problem that I alone dealt with. Um, and that's another insidious part of this disease that it tells me I'm the only one, you know, that terminal uniqueness. But, you know, to come here, to come into these rooms and to, to understand the nature of the allergy that, you know, I have this, this physical component of this, of this disease that once I start, I can't stop. And then I have the, the mental obsession that, you know, these excuses, these lies the disease tells me, you know, these, these, this rationale for picking up again. Um, you know, I have that twofold illness. And, and then, you know, it made sense as to why every time I promised that I wasn't going to do it again, I picked up after some time because, you know, the craving, the obsession would kick in and then the craving would kick in and I would succumb to it again. And, you know, Bill just so poignantly talks you know, in these paragraphs about, about the nature of the disease and how, you know, we make those promises and we pick up again and, you know, soon he's going to get to the solution um, and, and how he walks the steps. Thank you um, to find freedom. And it's possible for each and every one of us. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you so much for getting us started, Rachel. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? That will be Katie G. Debbie V. Debbie V. V is in David or V is in Boyd? V as in Virginia. Thanks for asking. Okay, thank you. So I've got Pedro B, Katie G, Debbie V. I know I missed somebody. Ken WH. Melissa C. Hey, hey Ken WH, and I got Melissa C. Uh, e from the UK. Claire E. Well, that's a great lineup. Anybody else want to jump on before we start? All right. Here's what I've got Pedro B, Katie G, Debbie V. Ken WH, Melanie C, sorry, Melissa C, and Claire E. All right, Pedro, you're up, followed by Katie. Go ahead, Pedro. Can you hear me, Rick? Pedro? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. All right, thank you. Yeah, my name is Pedro B. I am a compulsive overeater in San Bernardino, California. That's where I live now. And I'm happy to be here. And um, thank you for, for your service, Rick, and thank you for starting us off. Uh, 
the the one line that jumped at me this morning is I woke up. This had to be stopped. You know, I could not I saw I could not take so much as one bite. I was through forever. Before then I had written last as we promised by my wife happily observed that this time I meant business and so I did. Every time I made a determination that uh, I'm going to do this, right? How many times have I made that determination? I'm going to abstain from eating sugar flour and, and you know, my, my alcoholic foods. And then uh, uh, my mind or my disease or my obsession, my illness, however you want to call it, uh, always has convinced me, you know, um, and this brings me to uh, to the chapter, you know, we agnostics when it talks about uh, uh, that, uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty simple. You you know you uh, you basically like my friend said to me yesterday, uh, you're dealing with an obsession of the mind, brother. You have an obsession of the mind, and that is the problem, the main problem, right? Like the big process, the main problem of the overeater or the compulsive overeater, the alcoholic, is centers in his mind. Now, it's been real difficult for me to believe that. I never, it's, what are you talking about, an obsession of the mind? And I'm obsessed with food. What am I going to eat? When am I going to eat it? Who am I going to eat it with? How much am I going to eat? You know, and thank God today I have a food plan to follow one meal at a time. I'm really grateful for that. Because then, you know, if I follow that food plan, I don't have to be jumping around as to what am I going to eat, what am I not going to eat. You know, I have my time that I eat, and that's my abstinence, my complete abstinence. You know, and I'm hopeful this morning. I'm hopeful that I don't need to pick up one more bite. That I can stay away from picking up the first bite. You know, uh, I heard a gentleman yesterday say, and, and he, he really touched my heart. He says, to eat is to die. And I remember reading that in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Gentle reminder. Uh, that's it? Three minutes? Indeed that's it is. Thank you very much. Thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pedro. Katie G, you are up next, followed by Debbie V. Go ahead, Katie. Hello, Rick. Katie G, recovered but never cured. Compulsive eater in Boston, Mass. Hey, spoil alert. Shortly afterward, I came home not... Not sober, right? So uh, drunk on my food. And what I think struck me so much today was this I meant business. Like how many times did I mean business? I'm not going to puke again. I am not going to lie again. I am not going to get on the scale again a hundred times. I'm not going to use laxatives. But the thing is, as compulsive as a compulsive eater of the hopeless variety, I am powerless which means I have no power, no choice, and no control. And, you know, my favorite 
um, thing that I've ever heard in the rooms is, your actions are so loud I can't hear what you're saying, right? So I had a sponsor tell me, call me at 6 a.m. At 6.15, I called her. And she didn't pick up the phone. And I'm like, what are you doing? She said, call me at 6 a.m. My sponsor said, commit to a food and don't change it. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I, I, I'm not a normal person. I don't know how to commit to a food and follow through with it. What is that? Like, you know, and if I can't make a commitment to a food or to not doing something, you think I can commit to someone that I'm going to get married or have children or a dog? Like, this is basic grown-up KDG 101. You know, and then I thought, well, how do I mean business today? I got to tell you, I am recovered, but listen to me. I've only been out of exercise bulimia. I'm going into my eighth year right now, right? But emotional sobriety, that's the final frontier. Do you know that a hair salon yesterday asked me not to come back because I've rescheduled the appointment so many times? Why? Because I don't mean business. Because I call, but then my children need something. And you know, I'm a mom. So you really should, you really should take me seriously. I had a dental practice. My daughters, their dental practice called me up and said, if you cancel again, we can't have you at our dental practice. And I'm saying this to you because if you think I love you and if you think I do love you, but if you think that you can just get recovered and get out of here, let me tell you, if you are a compulsive overeater or a compulsive eater or an anorexic or a bulimic or a food addict or a sugar freak, whatever you want to call and you're taking your seat with me here today, we got work to do, right? We got to get entirely abstinent. Stop messing around, right? No more non-food food items. No more making food sexy. Committing it, being done for the day, right? And then I get get into the work. And what is the work? Getting to God. This is a treasure map to God. This is not about doing anything else but getting to a higher power so that the central fact of my life today can be the fact that God has entered into my mind and my heart in a way that is indeed miraculous. And Rick, I'll wrap up with this. And it is that God. It is with God who can change me and with God that I can mean business, stay abstinent, and live a full and happy life. Thanks, Rick. Thanks so much, Katie G. Debbie B, you're up next, followed by Ken WH. Go ahead, Debbie. Hello, Rick. Can can you hear me? I can, yes. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for your service from my heart to yours to all my dear fellows. Wow, um, I'm gracefully recovering in Virginia. Um, I, I feel like I'm awake this morning. I'm conscious, I'm connected, and I'm very, very grateful for this program. This is a revelation. I had to see it over and over and over again. I was the one swearing away on New Year's Eve. I was the one swearing at 12 midnight. Uh, I can tell lots of stories. It's part of my epic journey uh, toward a higher power, to opening up to a higher power. And it's just, it's, it's little by slowly, as my sponsor would say, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. It was part of the process of surrender. I had to keep seeing it. I had to keep seeing it. The difference today is that I see it and I have steps and I have tools. My fourth step and then my fifth step, I hear it over and over and over again. Uh, And now it's beyond the food. And then my tenth step is where I'm vigilant with a power greater than self, higher powered. 
So the paradox is here for Bill. The paradox, one day at a time, is always here. The dilemma is, is that I have no control. The dilemma is, is that I'm going to take action, but it really means being in the sacred pause and surrendering. It's the paradox of the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension, the sixth dimension. My recovery has been unbelievable, and I am so grateful. So the awareness begins. I have to be aware of what it is that I'm going to surrender. I have to feel hopeless about it. And, and so it begins, and I'm so grateful for all the, all the uh, forefathers and mothers that uh, helped to create and interpret and translate this program. Thank you for listening. All right, thanks so much, Debbie V. Ken WH, you're up next, followed by Melissa C. Go ahead, Ken. Thanks, Rick. This is Ken WH, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Um, I'm just struck that in this very, very short paragraph, there are seven eyes in it, and ay, 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 ay. I woke up. Now, actually, I was awokened, <laughs> woken up by someone else pretty much all the time. Something would come and hit me in the face. In other words, I'd get caught at what I was doing because I was living in a lie, and I had to lie a lot uh, to cover myself. And when I would get caught, um, then I would say this had to be stopped, and I would go about the business of trying to stop it. Um, I saw that I couldn't I I knew all the things I couldn't do, but uh, I said made the promises and was somehow in my brain convinced that I could do this. I made those promises that I would stop uh, lying and cheating <laughs> and uh, eating compulsively alone in private and um, just being uh, withdrawn and all that sort of thing. I promised I'd, I'd make changes and I meant business because I didn't want to get caught again. <laughs> I hated that feeling of being caught and trapped. And um, and I meant business, and, and uh, it didn't take long. It was a very short period of time when the next bite would come that I could get away with. I just lived in that agony of, of uh, just lying to myself so much and, so, and needing to cover so much and be aware looking over my shoulder all the time and being afraid of getting caught, uh, wondering when the next candy wrapper would be found uh, and that sort of thing. Um, can't do it. Uh, Bill thought he was still in control, and I would think I'm still in control. I can do this, and I cannot without God. And without working through these 12 steps and living in the reality of God in my life and that uh, more than anything... I want what God wants for me, which is the very best and the healthiest I can be. Thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thanks so much, Ken WH. Melissa C., you are up next, followed by Claire E. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overheater from New York. And, you know, I read this, and um, one of the things that grabs me in this paragraph is, Bill hasn't yet, you know, um, met the doctor, right, met our creep doctor, and um, and yet he knows 
Like there's this thing inside of him. He knows he can't even take so much as one step. And and I think about myself, you know, my own knowledge of um I, I knew at a very young age that once I ate certain things there was like no reeling it back in. And yet, um, you know, it also tells me why although the you know, knowing about the allergy is really important, but it's not enough. Knowledge isn't enough because he knew he couldn't take so much as one sip, and I knew I couldn't take so much as one bite. And, you know, the other thing that it tells me is that desire isn't enough, right? I I have woken up many Mondays, and I'm thinking today, today would have been a perfect day for me to, to wake up and say, that's it, I need business. It, it's like the Monday before the unofficial start of summer, right? And and for me, it was the consequences of um, being overweight that always motivated me to wake up. And I would, you know, Sunday, I would get this idea, I'm going to start tomorrow, you know, for sure, I'm going to start tomorrow. And I would go to the grocery store, you know, and get everything I needed so that I could eat right. And I probably would sign up for some weight loss, hang and weigh program, you know, um, so I could invest some money there and be sure that it would work. And, you know, maybe it would for a period of time like him, you know, and people around me would be like, you're doing it. You're really doing it this time. And I would feel, you know, like I got it. Now I got it. Now I got this thing under wraps. But at some point, you know, what do I, I go back to sleep, you know, the waking up, I, I can't live in the reality of what it is that I have. And that's my problem. That's a serious mental problem because my mind, after a period of time when I start looking normal and I start thinking I got this thing under control, I get this bright idea and the food somehow lands in my mouth and I'm in trouble, you know, and that's was repeated for me over and over and over again. And, you know, I no longer live that way anymore. I, I wake up in the morning and it's not this time I need business. It's, yeah, this time I'll just seek God today. And um, food is quiet. And I don't have to make any of these empty promises today. And if that's something that you're hoping can happen for you, it absolutely can. Thanks. With just a reminder. Oh, perfect timing. Thanks, Melissa, so much for your share. Clary, you're up next, and then we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Claire. Thanks so much, Rick. Uh, my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK, and um, thank you to everybody who shared. Actually, I've got loads out of the people shared today. And um, like someone else was talking about, I have on this page highlighted every time the word I, or the letter I, the capital letter I, and um, my my page is just peppered with this highlighter pen. You know, I tried to do this, I did that, I did the other. And, you know, that's how I tackled my illness. I was constantly trying to sort it out and, and stop doing it. And, um, you know, this sort of high resolve that it comes on to talk about in the next paragraph, you know, I, I had high resolve um, pretty much at the end of every binge. At the end of every binge, I woke up and felt, this has to be stopped. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I, I have to say, and very painfully, you know, just thinking about it as people have been sharing, I've done that in the fellowship as well. I've done it. You know, I'm going to get back to meetings. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a new sponsor. I'm going to get a different food plan. Um, I was constantly trying to figure out how I could how I could be through forever. And, you know, unfortunately, 
often by mid-morning. <laughs> I'd wake up with this stuff. And by mid-morning, I was already beginning to have that 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 sort of doubt. That was, you know, that sort of, because like has been shared, I knew, I knew I was going to take that bite. And I knew once I took that bite, I was going to be going. You know, I was off on a binge. Um, I, and I didn't have the vocabulary for that before the fellowship. But I, I knew, I knew it was a packet. I didn't deal in biscuits or cookies, sorry for, for the US. But I didn't deal in one or two. I dealt in packets. That was that was a serving size for me. I knew that was going to happen. Um so I was trying to, I always used to try and put off the time I started. And, um, you know, every time I binged, every time I binged, I, I woke up and it had to be stopped. But by the time I got to the next point, I, I'd gone back, to, as it's been shared, I'd gone back to sleep again. I got back into my denial. I didn't, I didn't want to stop. It was too painful to stop. Um, and, um, you know, many sweet promises. I, you know, I, I, um, I remember many, many arguments with my mum or with my husband when they'd find these bags of wrappers stuff somewhere you know there'd be sweet promises there'd be um again frothy emotional appeal and i'd make make these promises and all it did was make me more secretive about my eating and more ashamed than i when i when i got it wrong you know this sort of it talks about this sort of incomprehensible demoralization you know i didn't want to be doing it and i was back doing it again um so yeah my resolve works very well for other things in my life you know i've lots of other things i've had to stop or start or do and i can use my willpower to do that but when it came to food, I was absolutely unable to uh, make a decision to stop and see that through. And I'll leave it there. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Clary. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in Bill's story on page five, fourth paragraph, beginning with, I woke up. And reading through one paragraph, ending with, and so I did. And then we value everyone's experience. We ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Nancy P. Lisa B. Reggie O. Okay, hold on. Nancy P. Hiya P. Lisa B. Was that Reggie? Yes. Uh huh. What's your initial last name? O. Okay, so Nancy P, Lisa B, Reggie O. Who else we got? There was another Jessica name. Jessica S. Jessica S. Jessica S. Gotcha, Jessica. Sharon C. Sharon T is in Tom. C is in Cat. D is in Cat. Gotcha. Suze Michelle P. Michelle P. Suze S. Did I hear a Suze? Suze. Okay, Nishu, your last name, Suze? Okay, we can sort that out later. Here's who I've got. Nancy P., Lisa B., Reggio, Jessica S., Sharon C., Michelle P., and Suze to be determined. All right, uh, Nancy P., you're up, followed by Lisa B. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, good morning, Rick. Um, good morning, everybody. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. <clears throat> uh, all the promises, the resolutions, and the vows I ever made never worked, ever once, even for a minute. I've been an Overeaters Anonymous for a very, very long time. I came in when I was so young that I 
barely remember my life before OA. But all those years didn't help me. And the reason that they didn't help me was because I was asleep. Even when my body was the right size, I was asleep. I couldn't get any benefit from these wonderful, miraculous steps because I was unconscious. I was passed out. I used to have this dumb journal, and I say it was dumb because it was dumb. It was dumb because it was just exactly that. I'd write in it every day. I'd start with the number of days of abstinence I had. One, I'm so sick of eating. One, I totally surrender. One, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. One, one, one. And sometimes I'd get up to five days or ten days or maybe a bit longer, but usually I was at one. And I was asleep. Like being asleep and waking up to find two feet of snow. You know, I never saw anything coming in my life. It was always just, you know, my life just seemed to happen to me because I was asleep. And what I had to do was awaken. And I knew I was missing something vital, but I couldn't seem to wake up. And the lurking notion that I had, I love that word lurking, um, was, you know, that I had in my mind was that life would be great if only I could put the food down, I would be able to recover. That was not what the truth was turned out to be for me. You know, what Nancy P. had to do was wake up. Forget about putting the food down. I couldn't awaken spiritually, so all the things that I needed to succeed were out of reach. And finally, I got the equivalent of clear with those electric paddles that they give to heart patients that jolted me. And what was that? Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. I had to surrender before I could wake up it was the prince's kiss, you know, the, the heart paddle, the taser, whatever, that goosed me. And today, the only things that I care about are how spiritually awake am I and what is the state of my surrender. I spend a lot of time every day servicing my surrender and my spiritual wakefulness. Um, but the result for me is obvious. It works. And with that, I'll pass. All right. Thanks so much, Nancy P. Lisa Oh, you are up next, followed by Red G. Oh, go ahead, um, Lisa. Yeah, it's Lisa B. I think that's who oh, you heard. Lisa B. Sorry. That's okay. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And I do spell my name L-E-S-A if anyone wants to reach out to me. Um, I love this reading. I woke up. You know, I would wake up with the thought, today I'm going to bake two dozen cookies. And I would say, no, no, no. Go away. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Get out of here. I did not want that thought. I didn't know that. I mean, I just didn't have the power to not act on the thought. When the thought came, it was horrible. It was so dreadful. And um, I would be in fear for the thought. You know, the thought would come and I would have to act on it. I didn't know anything. I didn't know any other way. I didn't know that there were other people just like me and that I could get recovered. It was a very secret suffering. I thought this was going to be a cross I would just die with. And, um, you know, in coming into the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous and then discovering the 12 steps and that they really work, it started with entire abstinence. And, you know, I, I have been an obsessive person all my life. And one of the ways my obsession would show itself was getting on the internet and studying food plans. And I would try everything in the book and all kinds of exercises and and uh, eliminating carbs and being vegetarian and trying to be vegan and and uh, only doing organic and not eating anything white, um, skipping breakfast and, you know, all of this crazy stuff, doing fasts and cleanses. And it, it took up so much time and that was all so much a part of my addiction. And what I discovered is meeting a recovered compulsive overeater 
who is armed with the facts about herself, but a working knowledge how to utilize the big book as a set of directions and show me the promises and how they worked for her in her life and how they were showing themselves and neutrality and freedom. It started with following directions and the suggestions she gave me and having the boundaries and parameters of a food plan, understanding in depth what the doctor's opinion is saying to me about entire abstinence. I realized I had never been entirely abstinent and I went to a treatment center where I was given abstinence. You know, they eliminated all of my alcoholic foods and ingredients. But even then, getting out, you know, I would say, oh, if I don't have it in the house, it's okay. Or, um, well, I didn't binge if I had it. You know, I would, or I would eliminate sugar and then OD on big bowls of mashed potatoes and all this other stuff, you know. So I would have excessive volume or extreme restricting and it really is about following directions letting that all go so that it can be quiet and when I commit to something follow through not changing it so I could start to understand what the real solution is you know the steps which leads me to this spiritual awakening that's my problem it's a lack of power today I I know what the proper use of the will is I'm not afraid of my thoughts you know so I'm just grateful to be here thank you I pass. Uh, thanks so much, Lisa B. Perfect timing. Um, before we go on to Reggio, uh, just um, I I did have a, uh, one of my uh, angels told me that Lisa O was trying to get on, and I I got a little discombobulated with uh, with you, Lisa B. When that came in, so sorry about that. But Lisa O, if we have time, um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll call on you at the end of the lineup. So just be standing by. Okay. Reggio, you're up next, followed by Jessica S. Go ahead, Reggie. Oh, good. Thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line this morning. My name is Reggie O, and I'm grateful to recover today in um, Texas. And, you know, I was just, boy, this brought back brought me back a long ways. I've been in program OA since 1985, and um, I think it was in 19, around 1980 or 1981, I uh, I woke up one morning and I realized that I could not go on a diet. I could not decide on that morning to go on a diet and follow through with it. And I, that was just one of those little bitty awakenings. And um, I had tried everything, but I had a lot of magical thinking. And I my, my first <laughs> times I had magical thinking when I was in high school, my my best friend was this felt, you know, uh, lovely woman. And I was, you know, I wasn't fat. I was a little slightly overweight, but I didn't have what she had. And I thought if I ate what she did, I would have what she had physically. And uh, I did, except the other, the problem was I ate what she ate. And I also ate what I ate, you know, on the side. And um, so anyway, I got here and my magical thinking took me to, um, if I get the right food plan, which is the most stringent one with everything taken off, then that's what will keep me abstinent. Well, I learned that wasn't the case after trying all of those. And, uh, and then I remember there was a time I went through binging horrendously every night and I would wake up the following morning and think magically, today is the day that I'm going to stop. And I, I could do that hundreds of times and every day I would still have that magical thought that today's the day I'm going to stop and you know I uh gosh it's it's just a a long path but I the problem is I can't stop you know 
I can't stop and I can't, you know, and I can't, um, I can't make my life unmanageable uh, because I don't have, because I don't have the power. And the only way that I have found and gotten that power is through these steps because it addresses this and it, it, through these steps, through all of you, through sharing and uh, surrendering to the fact that I have to do all the steps, you know, not just one through 10, but or one through nine, but 10 and 11 and 12 on a regular basis. And that, you know, that's my work today. And, and it still continues to be work, but it's work that, I don't know, work's kind of a funny word for it today, but uh, I can't take a vacation from it. And you know, the truth is I, I really don't want to. That uh, the, the disease in me would love to just vacate all the time, which I have <clears throat> done from those steps and a lot of program. I, I know today I can't. And in terms of waking up, I do feel awake and I'm gratefully so. And I also know that there's more awakening to do. I have to keep doing what I'm doing um, with all of you to continue that awakening. So. Uh, that's what I have to share today, and I'll pass. All right. Thanks so much, Reggio. Jessica S., you're up next, followed by Sharon C. Go ahead, Jessica. Yes. Hi. I'm Jessica S. from just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I, I remember um, when I got off my one of the many diets that I was on because I've been saying uh, the food my entire life, um, particularly in my adult life, I, I remember I, I went on a diet and I remember I didn't have any sugar, no dessert, um, none of the snacks, um, like popcorn and tea, you know, the junk food. Anyway, I, I remember abstaining from them and I remember um, I went back to my dietitian saying how. I was getting bored with the meal plan that she had put me on, you know, which was mainly consist of healthy food. Not that healthy food or unhealthy food have in it's a place here, but basically, I, I remember she began to incorporate what were called cheat meals or cheat days, and I remember um, the cheat days were usually on a on a Friday. And I remember consuming, you know, consuming my binge food, and I would have them portioned out. And I remember every time I would do it, every time I would consume it, I remember my brain would say, I want more and more. And eventually, those cheat days became uh, cheat weekends. And I got to the point where I eventually woke up, and I realized that, and this is like years years later after the weekend, the cheat weekend basically became a cheat month, and then eventually I'm back where I'm st- where I started, and then it's it's like I had gained weight, and I was like, you know, I must something is triggering me, you know, there, there's something about it, so I forego desserts and junk food altogether, but you know what? Eventually, my mind would say, you know, you can have some, and I would make a three promises to myself. You know, I would make three promises to my dad, and I would make three promises to my family. I started hiding, you know, Skittles, and, you know, I would eat like I'm supposed to in front of them because they knew about the plan that my dietitian had. And then I started lying 
uh, to my dietitian about how, what I was really eating because I, I, I wanted that, um, I wanted her to see that I was doing what I was supposed to. I wanted her, I needed that validation, even though I was being dishonest, you know. And, you know, you don't have to be honest to um, a healthcare provider or a family member, but it's being certain, the honesty really have to start within end. And so when I came into OA, the honesty part was really difficult. Anyway, I know my time is running out. The honesty part was really difficult. So for the newcomer, if you're here, you're in the right place. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jessica. Sharon T., you're up next, followed by Michelle P. Go ahead, Sharon. Hi, this is Sharon C. in Louisville, Kentucky, a recovered overeater and sponsor. I woke up weighing 435 pounds, and this had to stop, just like it says in the book. Thanks to a sister program, I had done the steps and was cured of a disease that I had. And I knew that this was a spiritual program. So I knew that OA was going to work for me. And I encourage anybody who's new coming to this program to get a sponsor and work the steps because there is a way out. But I had to learn what it meant. These 12 steps have helped me grow up and take responsibility for my disease. It was a relief to learn I had a mental obsession. It wasn't my fault, so I thought. But I spent more and more time in recovery until I realized that 250 pounds later, I was getting to be a normal-sized person. And it was all because of this program and because of God. Because that's what I learned from this program. This is a spiritual program. I don't care what anybody else thinks or says. It is a spiritual program. And I learned to handle nothing on my own. I turn it all over to God. I let go and let God. And then I get quiet and listen. Most of the time I get direction. And I'm thankful. And I'm thankful to OA and to all of the people who are here. I'm thankful to all the listeners. And I'm passing. All right, thanks so much, Sharon C. Michelle P., you're up next, followed by Suze. Go ahead, Michelle. Hi, this is Michelle P. in Rhode Island. Um, and just kind of claiming my seat today and not letting my disease keep me in isolation. Um, because I related to this paragraph, waking up yet another day after binging last night, with that today is going to be the day feeling Um so, yeah, so normally I would just isolate and say I won't share and won't be a part of um, who, who wants to hear from me. 
But again, just, just taking a moment to claim my feet, to say I relate to this, this paragraph. And, um, but yeah, thank you. I pass. Uh, thanks, Michelle P. I'm so glad you're back with us. Um, all right, Suze, you're up next. If you could include the... Uh, Hi, this the is Suze S. Hi, this is Suze S. from New Jersey. <laughs> I, well, I think you there. can hear me now. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> and I'm back too today. Um, I was a week sober in this program. Uh, compulsive overeater, and I binged last night. And this has nothing to do with my efforts. My efforts got me here. <clears throat> I did not hear the reading this morning. I will go back and hear it. But I did hear all the shares, and it makes lots of sense to me. Um, my watchwords are one day at a time. And that is from another program, but I believe we share slogans. And that is the most important slogan for me. That and let go and let God. Because there is no way that I can do this. I've been doing this since I was 16. Um, I was not allowed to date the boy I wanted to date. And I was not allowed to do this. And I was not allowed to do that. And I was brought up in a very orthodox religion. And, you know, I got beaten in school and stuff when I was very young. And I was spoiled a lot. I was the youngest, but I was also very, very severely reined in. And I, this is how I acted out. The only problem was it acted on me. I'm part Native American. I've read studies saying that sugar really hurts us. Um, and it's an allergy. It's absolutely an allergy. I still have trouble accepting that, but I'll pray every day, one day at a time to accept that. But it, no effort on my part can help. I heard people talking about the I, I, I of that reading today. And there is no more I. There is only higher power and higher power's will for me. And at 67, I am ready. <laughs> so one day at a time. <laughs> and... Um, I, I don't want to hurt anybody anymore, but I also especially don't want to hurt me anymore. So with that, I pass and bless all of you for being here for me and with me through higher power. Thank you so much, Suze S. Uh, Lisa O., uh, I was asking you to stand by. Are you there and would like to share with us today? All right, I've got uh, I've got time for a couple of two minute shares. Would anybody like to take those? Hiya P. Hiya P. Yes. Linda D. And, all right, guys, that's it. Uh, if you got, I'm going to catch it. Uh, we'll do two minute shares and uh, go ahead. Hiya. Thank you. Hi everybody. My name is Hiya P. I'm a very, very grateful recover compulsive overeater, bulimic, and restrictor. I live in Colorado. I'm currently in New Jersey. And um, welcome to anyone who's new. And I'm so glad that I'm able to be on the meeting and and have been able to hear the shares. And I'm so glad that the people who recently shared are back. Um, you know the the resolve. And I was thinking about that. You know Bill's story not only it's it it shows the demise it shows the spiral down you know a lot of people call it the cycle 
of the of the disease my sponsor Hi, uh, we just lost you. If you could hit star one to um, unmute yourself again. Okay, sorry about that. It, it randomly mutes itself. Um, just that spiral, I don't know where you lost me, but I was saying that my sponsor talks about the spiral of the disease, that it's not it's not a, a circle, a cycle, it's a spiral. And that's what Bill's story is showing us, the spiral of the disease down and down and down, and the spiral gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And but that's the good news is that with the steps, with the the program of recovery that we have very very specifically um, told to us in the book, the spiral can unwind. And uh, we're not there yet, but that that it's showing me this this just twisting and twisting and twisting and twisting, and I relate so so much. But the hope is there as well. That's the whole purpose of this, is to identify in and then be able to gain the hope. And there is so much hope here. And it's, a, it's really a keep coming back and keep keeping our ears open. And for me, I don't know. I can't. My spiritual awakenings are not on demand. My surrender is not on demand. I just have to keep asking for willingness, being willing, listening, coming back. And eventually, it really, 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 really does work. So... I hope that gives hope to anyone who is struggling out there. And thanks, I'll, I'll pass with that. All right, thank you so much, Heidi P. Linda D., go ahead and take us out. Linda D., hit star one. Hey, everybody. I'm so grateful to be here. I had a hell of a time trying to get in. Uh, that's me. Um, the thing is this. Of course I identify with Bill. I am him. I just have a different name. I've been through it all. I know one thing. If this is a spiritual program, what the hell does that mean? That means i got to face it, all of it. I thought my problem was food. That was my symptom. I didn't know that. I know it now. The only solution is finding God. How do you do that? Well, it's all here. But I got to do the work. This is very, very hard work. I got to face a lot of pain, inch by inch, with all of you. Because God is real, really, really real, and loves me and loves you. Please keep coming back. I have to come back because I have to grow. And it's hard work. And it's so worth it. Because life is beautiful, beautiful for anybody. Anybody and everybody, please come back. I'll keep coming back. There's more than hope here. This is really real. Thanks. I pass. All right. Thank you so much, Linda D. Yep, I'll keep coming back, too. I think this is a perfect time for us to end the meeting. And uh, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, May 22nd, 2022, is 18,984. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I can indeed. Hey, everyone, Gigi, recovered in Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.